And we are live. Welcome back to On The King's Dime. It is Wednesday night, coming in a couple of days late. Uh, on a disappointing end to the season. Uh, it's all over, man. It's kind of kind of painful. kind of hurts. Yeah, I, I, I said it for the whole season. It's going to come down to that last game. It came down to the second last game and not ours. But, um, yeah, we kind of put ourselves in this situation. So it's... Yeah. Uh, a long winter ahead. Yeah, you got the uh, robe on, ready to go, ready to hibernate. Got your Maybe mug of coffee. Basketball hibernation's okay. My team's still in the NBA playoffs. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> Don't know anything about the playoffs. Haven't watched a single minute. Um, yeah, but tonight we're going to talk about the two games, the last two games of the season. How about our finish of the season? Three wins, you know, flying high. And then we've got another another couple of teams that get in basically on, on two losses in their last three games or four games. And you're just like, are you kidding me? Like, you know, we yeah. finished the season strong. Other teams finish the same week, uh, season week, and they get in the playoffs. And he's just like, oh, my God. Like uh, to, For this season, I'll, I'll just quickly jump into it. For this season, right, we've had so little luck. We've tried so hard. We've, we've fought through crazy adversity on injuries. We've fought through brick walls in terms of like playing style, knitting it together, working hard for the reward to just be, you know, you won your last three games. Well done. Man. You didn't make the playoffs. It's just like, oh, my God. Like, do, do they come up with a playing style kind of game for the – fourth seed and the fifth seed if they're on the same points. Like, mm. I think there needs to be, you know, if mm, there's two teams on equal points in the fourth and fifth, do they not have a bit of a playoff game at the fourth home venue to, to kind of, you know, make make it a bit interesting instead of just, you know, the Phoenix losing their last, you know, two games and, you know, barely beating the Breakers um, and then kind of just limping to the finals to be eliminated in the first week. It's kind of like, well... You know, City's beat a couple of the top teams in that, you know, in that fall mm. in the in the last couple of weeks, and we didn't get there, which was which was very annoying. But again, I, I, we put ourselves in this situation, that two two game road trip to New Zealand where we should have won both games, and that would have just done it. You know what I mean? That was mm. that was the ending. But um, I mean, how many how many times just through the season has it just been like, you know, two games on the trot, and we just you know we lost? And it was just brutal. Yeah, it is. It's it's been a brutal season. It's been a very emotionally charged season of just disappointment and not in, in the game, it's just in the injuries and, you know, the, the, the fastfulness sometimes of the league. Actually, all of the Perth games have just been just disgusting to watch. Um, <laughs> it's not salt, it's just, man, yeah, we've got to plug that that episode we did on, um, or that video we did on just how, how Perth is reft and how just ridiculous it is. Um, yeah, man. Bad way to finish. The Although season. they they finished the season with two losses, um, I should say I should clarify, Hawks actually finished with um one loss to us in their last five. Uh, Southeast Melbourne basically limping in, win loss loss win loss to make the finals, and you're just like, God damn man, after after how hard we fought the entire season, for uh, for I thought in in my opinion, I reckon South Southeast Melbourne kind of burgled that final spot. Uh, in the end, really, they kind of burgled it from us uh, but yeah like you said going back through there were so many points of this season where we had a chance to put a run together and ultimately you know it's it's through the season we've you know fumbled a couple of really really important chances especially in that last sort of seven eight game stretch where we kind of blew it we had three three losses in the six games and it, yeah it's a it's a hard one to take to be sitting here no no finals after making the finals two seasons in a row we're finally out in the finals um, the coach basically saying he's going to resign three quarters of the way through the season. So it's, you know, we're not looking at uh, a forced reorganization due to 
how we played this season, how we finished, we're, we're basically looking at it because the coach is leaving. So it's a totally different scenario to, oh, Gazy's finally gone. Like, thank God. Like, let's get someone else in. Let's rebuild, you know, in a season where the coach probably gave it as good a go as he could have given and enough to get earn respect, but not necessarily go, oh, that was great. It's a real shame he's leaving. Like, I still feel, I have a, like, you know, we're going to talk about it. Shout out. We're going to do an episode on Saturday night, a season review, full season review, and an awards show. So come along on Saturday night and watch that as well and give your comments and feedback. Um, but, yeah, this season kind of, you know, it's a real, we're in a real, real weird spot with 40 leaving was, you know, honorable. You're like, yeah, no, it was good. Good. Um, would have had him back, but at the same time, still a little bit like, yeah, okay. Like, like let's rebuild this, blow this thing up and let's rebuild it. Cause you know, yeah, I definitely think blow this thing up is the optimal word. I think we need to take a different, different look at what we kind of want to build our team around and, and what we need to build our team around. And what are the other some of the other more successful franchises built their team around? And I think that's where we really have to kind of look at you know look at things, um, and and make sure you know we kind of went from potentially one of the greatest you know NBL teams in a long time uh, in Sydney last year with you know Bogut MVP and obviously multiple NBA champion Jay Sean Tate who is you know I think he was third in the race. Uh, one one championship, I think Bogut won. One? Yeah, I think it was just one. One. Um, Jay Sean Tate, who came third uh, in the rookie of the year race in the NBA. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we, we, we were coming off this, you know, epic year to, to kind of limp into this COVID injury-ridden season with, you know, a cast of poorly thrown together choice. It was just kind of like, well, you're the only, you know, the only, only one we can get. So let's get you. Um, and, you know, at one stage having five power forwards on the floor at the same time, pretty much summed up our season. Um, uh, <laughs> that was hilarious. I was just like, yeah. he's got to shoot this ball. Um, and some, kind of, s- some buy-in cool. from some players and some players that kind of looked lost, like not necessarily were bad players, but just kind of looked lost with their role this season, never really finding their feet. Um, you know, we'll, we'll go through individuals. We'll definitely go through individuals and give our grades on Saturday night when we do the full wrap-up. Um, I just want to quickly talk about what's coming up in these finals. Like the Southeast Melbourne team, to tie it back into the Kings, the Southeast Melbourne team has a balance. Like it has... You know, a couple of good guards, has a couple of good forwards. It has, you know, a power forward and a decent enough center. Like, not a great center, but a decent enough center. Um, you can kind of rely on scoring. And they have a decent, like, unit. At no point really this season did we see this Kings team go, you know, what we've got is we've got great players. We've got a really good unit. We're playing really well. We're hustling. And this is this is great. Like we saw it in little stretches, little patches. You know, in some games you had one of the two, and then in some games you had like the other one and not the other two. And it was very kind of disjointed. And even in this Illawarra Hawks game, to come full circle to this Illawarra game, like we started really well, right? In a game where we knew we had to put points up. It's like we have to just score the ball. Don't worry about defense. You know, score the ball, score the ball. We started really well. Xavier Cooks again showed us. You know, what did we miss this season? It was him basically diving to the hole, crashing the glass, you know, playmaking a little bit. There was playmaking in the first quarter and you were just like, God damn, we missed that. Like there was just another guy 
if only we had another guy to kind of glue this all together and that that guy's kind of cooks against this Illawarra team that you know you, you don't think I don't think they were really playing they didn't have Ty, Tyler Harvey you know they they'd secured finals basketball it wasn't a game where they they lost they gave it they gave it a good go and you know I, I think it was a good game but ultimately I feel like still this team played this game like oh well you know all we need is a win you know, not knowing like let's let's just like blow the doors off this thing and try and put up a hundred as or as many past a hundred as we can, blow this team out. It was still like a back and forth game and as a drag, and it's kind of another another sort of indicator of our season where we got into these wrestles with teams and didn't have the like the knockout blow, the knock the guy down and run away type blow. Like we just got into a wrestle and really struggled in these games. And I thought Illawarra, that Illawarra game was another one that was like that, even though we won. I think certain lineups on the floor and certain rotations just have not worked. That's led to scoring droughts. It's led, it's led to guys, their rhythm stopping. I did notice Adam Ford does like to take people out after they've made like three baskets. It's like, mm. oh, you've made three, you're out of here. It's just like, well, where's the rhythm? Like, why Why is that the case? And um, Andrew Gaze was a stickler for that. Just like, oh, you've played your six minutes. I don't care if you scored, you know, you shot seven from seven. You're, you're off the floor. You know, you've, you've had your rotation. And I'm just, I'm not a, I'm just, you know, leave a guy until he's legless if he's, you know, if he's scoring the ball mm. and creating chances and, and rolling with it. And he did kind of do that towards the back end of the season. But at the front end of the season, there was a lot of opportunities to to continue on with guys. And, you know, he pulled DJ off in the last, like, eight minutes of the game. He was like, this guy has literally scored 20 in the first three quarters and mm. he's off in the last eight minutes. Why is this happening? Oh, he's, you know, he's a rookie. It's kind of like that, you know, that's still that kind of, basketball you know strangeness about oh your first year and therefore we treat you differently it's just like you're a player you're a piece in this team and it's the same on the referee side like rookie and veteran calls like what the f is that mm. like, there's no you call the play for what it is i don't get this like this is a stupid rule in basketball an unspoken rule in basketball that somehow if you're a 10-year veteran you get more calls because the rookie should have fouled i was just like there's obviously a, a, a culture change that needs to happen within the way we do things in the city organisation. There's a culture change in the wider league that needs to occur as well for this to happen. I, I actually think they should blow the referees out, out of the water and just bring in a whole new pack of trained, properly trained individuals that, that don't just watch the player and actually watch, you know, the part of the court, you know, that they're supposed to. Because how many times did we see them just staring off in, back mm. in space, not looking at the play and then blow the whistle because someone flung around for a bit? That's... You know the the level of professionalism I think is is to be desired in some instances in this league, and um, especially you know I think at the beginning of the season with with how the Sydney Kings played, it was very much like that. It got better towards the end, but by that stage, I mean we were so injured that you know anyone who was on a roll we were happy to have them on the floor for mm. minutes. Kind of. So you know uh, there's there's that aspect. There's the the Casper Wears you know really performance just you know dropping off a cliff this season. I think you kind of went from like top four or five plays in the league to now just let's get another import. Yeah, kind of. It's got that feeling. I mean, it, it's come full circle because we started after that Melbourne series where we lost to them. You know, suddenly we're like, oh, we got Casper? Like after just viciously rooting against this guy for a whole season and a playoff. So we're just like, and now we're supposed to turn around and go, yay. Hooray, we've got Casper. And admittedly, he's had a good couple of seasons, but 
I, I do think, you know, we're definitely going to do some talks over the next couple of weeks about what we're going to do with this roster. But yeah, I, I think it's one thing that kind of has to be looked at. But it, it's also sort of speaks to some, not necessarily mistakes, but things that we've done on the fly that you kind of look at and we've had to do them. Like we've had to go, just Kernish Drew, pick up a, a Weeksy, pick up a Weeksy here. And they haven't worked. And despite them not working, we've still like put together a season where you, you can't look at this team and just go, that was horrible. Like you got to look at this team and just go, you know what? Even though we didn't finish in the finals and it sucks and it's disappointing, I still admire this team. And I just go, what What a team. Like what a mad team of just, you know, misfit players working as hard as they can. And I, I think your, your point about the refereeing was right at the start of the season. was just like, no, 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 no hustle here. And it's just like, that's all we got, man. Like we're, we're players short. We're a, a ragtag team. Like we've got players down. We've got guys coming in on short-term contracts. Like at least let us hustle. And I thought that kind of meted out towards the end of the season where it was just like, all right, you guys can hustle a bit. Like, And it's like, it's too late now, man. Like, you, you know, in some games where we could have used that to our advantage and actually played with some kind of vigor and some hustle, and then, you know, towards the end of the season, putting the whistles in the in the bag and just going, yeah, it's all right. Everyone can hustle a little bit. Yeah, I didn't think there was that many that many bad decisions in this Illawarra game, but I just thought like scoring the ball wise, we were just so this the same sort of stuff. Like we didn't know what was on the line. You know, mm-hmm. if we had to put up a hundred in this game and beat them like a hundred to seventy, that would have put some real pressure on this Southeast Melbourne team. Because I mean, I think the the final differential for the last game was they had to lose by seventy points. Or something like that for for us to have a chance. But if you look at the final um, the final points percentages, I'll just refresh it because it's not refreshed. Uh, Illawarra had hundred point two seven, which is lower than ours, which was hundred point eight one, and then Southeast Melbourne had hundred and two point nine eight. So there was a scenario there where those points percentages could have mattered. And it also speaks to a couple of those games throughout the season where we didn't just put the foot on the throat and just go, just score, keep scoring the ball, keep scoring the ball. You can do this to keep scoring. Let's keep doing that and to keep scoring. It it's, it's, goes back to your point where it's just like, oh, you can come out of the game even though you're hot and there's like 10 minutes to go and we're trying to stomp on the throat of a team and, oh, look, now they're coming back. And, oh, suddenly a game where we're out by 12, it's a close game and we win. Yay, we won. But all these things kind of add up to the points percentage and the, the overall picture of a team that just wrestled all season and, you know, I, I felt like it's like, I felt like this team needed to be rewarded, man, for that, that struggle all season, but it just ultimately wasn't. It was ultimately not to be. Mm. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see what happens in the off season. Mm. So let's, let's do some stats from this Illawarra game. Cooks, 19 points, 6 of 10, arguably, arguably his best game of the season, 24, plus 24 on the night rather, 11 boards, 3 assists, fouled seven times shot four of seven from the line his game opens up so much more like on the floor like you just notice it straight away he's doesn't have the 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 scoring ability of a Jarrell Martin like that's obvious like you see it and you're just like oh he doesn't have the bag of tricks scoring the ball but what he has is like the savvy the playmaking and like really mirror like I thought it's a, it's a good foil for Jarrell he's like oh Jarrell had 23 in this game and it's a good foil like you go oh well where Jarrell kind of falls down in these moments like little defensive lapses and little little sort of around the basket things that don't come off you got Cooks crashing the glass and that, yeah so, like we missed him badly this season we did it was a it was a big notable difference especially with a, you know a, a small ball center because you know for all, all Daniel Kickett has been over the last couple of seasons which has been fantastic his efficiency has dropped off an absolute cliff this season. Mm. 
you know, he's had his moments where he's played well in games and there's, you know, arguably a couple of games where he has kind of been the X factor. But as a whole of a season, tough. Yeah, rough, man. Rough, rough season. Um, and, you know, you know, you've got a question in a franchise like Sydney, maybe he's not done in the league, but in a franchise like Sydney, you know, there, there, there may not be a position there at, at that kind of backup centre role. Maybe that is, you know, Xavier Cooks in a small ball centre situation. He's, you know, good around the rim and things like that and, you know, can score the ball and, and push the tempo as well. Something that we see sometimes with Jordan Hunter where he gets a bit laxy-daisical mm. and doesn't really push the tempo. He's kind of just saunders up the floor uh, instead of getting out in transition. And, and Cooks is much better scoring in transition as well. So that's, that's who we miss most of the season. We also miss DJ down the stretch. I think that that yeah. ability to score and shoot the ball um, is and the, the, that that dagger, those those three point daggers he put at the right time to, you know, put a little bit of a dent into the momentum mm. of the opposition is definitely was definitely missed down the edge, edge of, uh, stretch of the season. Yeah, kind of the ability to make this team go quickly too. You know, yeah. it really just missed pushing the ball. How many times this season were we sort of going like push the ball, push the ball, like. Speed the pace up. I think Gleason, in one of those Perth games, might have been that Illawarra game. Like gave it like one like with the expletives. Like it's too slow. Like it's too fucking slow. Like, and I'm gonna just pull you out if he's a blowing. I'm just you're gone. Like you're sitting on the bench. And I I was just like, oh man, how much of just we wanted to see that from Sydney this season where it's just like if you if you're blowing, sit down. Like we 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 need players to play quickly and. Look, you know, we're going to talk about 40 on the weekend and what he's done for us and give him a grading. And I don't think a season, just to tie it into what we saw in these two games, I don't think a season is enough time to kind of build that. Like what we built was commendable, but I don't think it had time to build those really deep-rooted things. It's like speed the ball up, you know, push the ball a lot. Um, you know, if you know your guy who's in the corner, push the ball and get it to the corner. Like those those little things just weren't there. It's like you know, you know, Jordy's there, and you know he's going to seal properly. Let him let him get in seal, and then you get a shot type of thing. Like things like that just weren't happening. So no, no, um, there was a lot of stuff that wasn't happening. Yeah, but we'll, we'll talk. Shout out again on Saturday night. We're going to do a review and an award show um, where we'll go in depth on pretty much every player. We'll talk about this season as a whole really go in-depth on what happened during the season. We've got stats and we've got other stuff coming your way. And also, the uh, sad, no tipping comp this week. Oh, it's almost like a little uh, little part of the uh, thing was missing. But spoiler alert, there was a winner. So we'll announce that on Saturday night. Uh, yeah, so stay tuned on Saturday for that. Uh, do you want to do 3-2-1 for this Hawks game? I do. Uh, three cooks. Cooks. Two mutton. Mutton, dressed as lamb. Mutton. Martin. And uh, yeah, Martin dressed as lamb, and I would say one going to Moller. Moller. Is this the same Moller? No, this is the wrong game. Yeah, wrong uh, game. I was going to say the yeah, same Moller that was one point in ten minutes minus eighteen. <laughs> or is this? Does this go back to like you last week where we were saying Moller should just get one no matter what? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe all that that good shit over the season. Now it's uh, one to to wear in this game. Where I went with Hunter, so I thought he had a pretty decent game. His his battles on Froling, I, sh- I should have, I was going to say this, so I've got this in my notes. His battles with Froling were like, wow, it's like the unstoppable 
you know, not that good big man versus the immovable, not that good big man. Like both of them are like at the sort of the same level. One guy has moves. One guy has staunch ability and defense. Like it's it's so fascinating to watch, man, because you know like these two aren't like the best guys in the league. But when they match up, man, everyone gets out of their way and it's just like these guys are titans. Let's watch them go at each other. And you're just like, it's like a slow train wreck. You're just like, whoa, it's like a lava lamp. Like, and these two, both of these guys had a good game. Um, Hunter had 15 points. Um, was getting fouled, getting to the line, shot five of seven from the line. And then Froling had 12 points, five of eight. You know, so very interesting. These matchups I thought were very interesting. Um, did you did you go back and do the old old games that you missed during the season? No, no, I'm gonna. No, nah, we'll do them. I'll, I'll I'll plot them in because then we'll announce it on Saturday who our um our final MVP is. Uh, let's move quickly to this Brisbane game, knowing at the time that it was all over. It was kind of one I had the the side eye on. I was just like, yeah, that's, that's it. You know, I'm kind of out on this season. You know, still kind of processing what's happening during the season. Um, but it was a decent win. This Brisbane team, you know, it's a weird. That's a weird team, isn't it? It really is. Yeah, it's a, it's a kind of a team of. Actually, it was Lamanus who said. Yeah, there was a good comment by Lamanus talking about why Brisbane can't win a thing, and it's just it's just down to finances. Even with the salary cap, there's still, you know, there's still money in certain, you know, bigger bigger spenders, um, better imports. Like when we went and we looked at the salary cap, the salary cap only attributed a certain value to a player. It didn't necessarily mean that the club had to pay that amount. It was weird. Mm. Like say, you know, Jerome Martin's worth four fifty. You could still pay him seven hundred thousand dollars, but four fifty of that would be counted towards the salary cap. So yeah, yeah. Not, a portion of it, yeah. It's really about the finances of the club. And Brisbane don't don't have a large venue. You know, they don't have a humongous T V audience as well, so you're not gonna get a lot of buy time in that. Um and so, you know, just from a finance perspective, they kind of put together the, you know, the best teams that they can. And, you know, Nathan Sobey is probably the best local guard we mm, have. Mm. Um, and so that's kind of it. But, you know, they're always that fringe team. They're, they're semi-well coached. They've kind of got plays. I mean, Harry Froling is the most disappointing centre in, in NBL history. <laughs> Although he went off in this game, 15 points. Uh, sorry, 15 minutes, 11 points, 5 of 6. And it was yeah, like, whoa, whoa, he's finally done something. When the season's completely over, he comes out and has a game, you know? So disappointing, that dude. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just it's a team of, you know, decent local players um, without really having any, any superstars. I think Vic Law was, was good for them, but then got injured. Mm. Um, Kadi having his, you know, oh, just, you know, just, I mean, I'm out here. Oh, Jason Kadi's out there? Oh. Didn't realize he was out there. He didn't take any shots. Huh? Fair enough. Nice one, Kadeek. You know. Um, but ultimately, like it's it's Nathan Sobey, one of the better players in the league. Plus, oh, you know, seventh and eighth men on a bunch of these other teams, and we just gathered them all together onto a team. Like, is yeah. this going to go well? It's like probably not really, because you know you're starting guys that are probably seven and eighth options in other t- on other teams. And Lamar Patterson and Hodgson was injured for most of this season. I think. Hodgson is like, you look at him, you're like, oh, seven-footer, solid. And then you watch him play and he's just like stone hands, flailing around, you know, slow, missing rotations. And you're just a bit like, oh, like, okay, okay, yeah, all right, fair enough. I kind of understand why, you know, this hasn't really gone, gone anywhere for him. Um, and, you know, I thought we, we dealt with him well because it's, 
it's hard when this Brisbane team has scorers, like Drew Mitch is a scorer, kind of lit us up in that other game that we should have beat them uh, earlier in the season. Sobi is a score first guy. How much of how much is there of just Sobi driving in, you know, stopping like jinking herky jerky and then like putting up a shot like in tall trees and you're just like like so much of that man. Mm. It kind of plays into our plays into our um, scheme defense as well. Power forward lineup. Mm. <laughs> the power forwards. Um, but just looking through the box score, so he ended up having 22 points. Johnson had 17 points. It was a solid, solid game. Um, DK coming off the bench, 23 minutes, 10 points, 4 of 10. Um, I still feel like that's his last game, man. Like, really, it's kind of kind of getting in that stretch. And then Tommy Vodanovic finishing the season kind of on a downward trajectory after, you know, giving us some pretty solid minutes. He had six points, minus 10 on the night. Brad Newley had nine points. It was pretty solid. But Jarrell, again, like, has Jarrell done enough? To make you go, you know what? Let's keep him for next season. Another import slot. Yeah, I think I think in lineups with Cooks, I think you have to get a different centre. That's my only problem. You can't have two slacking off on rotations and defensively, and that really is with Jordan Hunter and Martin on the floor. It's like who is who is defending the rib? Who is defending the uh, the box? You know, and the mm. paint. And so, yeah, I think that if you play Cooks as the five, you can play Jordan Martin pretty effectively at the four, but you can't have Jordan Hunter on and Jordan Martin on the floor. As a scoring option, definitely want to have him back, but you've got to get a better centre. Yeah, for sure. He had uh, 28 points, 11 of 18. Just shooting the ball, like, it's just, like, beautiful to watch. Like, he can shoot it from anywhere. Like, he's got such an array of moves. And even from three, he's been solid this season where you're like, oh, it's going down. He's pretty set. And I think watching this, watching that Illawarra game especially, like, it's hard to get Jarrell moving around into different positions. Like, it was hard this season to get him, you know, let's get him down low. Let's bring him up. Let's, you know, Cook's playmate come across the nail and hit him in the, like, wide open. Like, we're, we're struggling to kind of get him into positions this season. It's been a lot of heavy just give it to Jarrell. Like, you know, but he's not established. Just chuck it to him anyway. You know, like, give it to him. And you're like, he's already up, uh, up around the elbow. And, you know, he's having to hit these ridiculous fadeaways and ridiculous sort of step back jumpers and, you know, one dribble pull-ups. I would like to see going into or like next season like the coach work with him in the off season and the team work with him and it's like oh this is how he plays like let's find the ways we get him to score the ball and then build the team around that like not not build the team but build the offense in the holes that he creates so when he's off the floor like you have a set offense that you can run that's fine but when he's on the floor you're like all oh, right we're, we're moving to get him the best shots we can possibly can since yeah. he's the main import and you know the main guy basically so pretty much yeah um it's going to be very interesting in the off season casper i thought played all right in this game 14 points four of 11 uh five turnovers three assists what is he, oh, I suppose we should find this out, but I'd just very interested to see what his three-point percentage would be. Uh, to finish the season, his three-point shooting, I'll bring it up. I'll, uh, I'll even put it in the uh, 2DC. Ooh, 2DC. Uh, his final three-point percentage was 30.4%. That's not a bad way to finish from what it, – it's not great, but it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. It's not, it's not good, man. It's that not, is not good. It's not, it's not elite, especially for a guy that was kind of the, the three-point scorer. That's you know that's what he pri- pri- last year he was at twenty-seven point nine percent. Wow. So yeah, an upgrade, upgrade. Oh, sorry, nine nineteen twenty. 
2021. Oh, then this is, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, so, oh, it's rough, man. Uh, I'll just bring up the entire, the entire peoples back. Uh, so three-point percentage top was obviously Wetterly took one, one of one. Uh, going down, Mooney, 52%, 26 of 50. That's pretty high volume. Barlow, 46 of 95, 48%. That's pretty solid. Uh, Natai, 59 of 135, 43%. Um, then you get DJ, 41. Shaili shot it pretty well. Every time we played um, Melbourne, Shaili just seemed to hit these threes. He was like, get out of here, man. But yeah, rough, man, rough. Uh, we'll talk about it Saturday anyway. We'll go, we'll go through it. Let's uh, quickly go to 3-2-1 for this game. I'll go to 3-Martin. Where? 2-where, 1-kick-it. Yeah, same. And then all I've got is about this five game or six games for you to fill in, and then we'll have a definite winner after you fill in those six games. You can go back and do that over the next couple of days. No tips to go to tonight. Um, we will. What should we do? What, what do you want to talk about to fill out another 10, 15 minutes? Um, I think we should just plug Saturday night and how good it's going to be. Yeah, it's going to be good. <laughs> it's good. I think you can probably we – can, we can talk about, I suppose – who we think is going to win the NBL this year? Because I don't actually know. Does Perth you know, does Perth feel vulnerable? They feel vulnerable, but Melbourne hasn't been great. Yeah, and the Warriors full of full of guys that are just chuck happy and you know could I you, I don't know how they put five games together. Yeah, and the Phoenix are imposters. So it's, it's yeah. Oh, and then plus they're playing that that series behind closed doors with no fans too. Mm. Like what just. What a brutal way to finish the season. Like in in terms of a league perspective, like, you know, you you wear, weather out the entire season, you work hard to get the product um, like into stadiums and people there to get to a semifinal. And it's just like, well, sorry, that has to be behind closed doors in another state. Like, oh, man, savage. Yeah, it's pretty savage. But eh, we, it's a shame we can't go in there and heckle both teams. Boo, boo, both teams. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I will. I, I probably won't be watching it that intently. I might watch it, but I, I was watching some of those two last last two Perth games, and it was like they look like on fumes without Cotton Man and without Norton as well. And Illawarra, just a chalky team that might just burp up two games and be like, "Ha win win, suck on that." That's that's my that's my feeling is that Illawarra gets really like Tyler Harvey gets really chalky and just starts shooting absolute flame bags of douche. And just they they pip they pip um, Perth, um, but yeah the Mel look I think Melbourne will come strong out of the derby, um, and I do think it's going to be probably a Melbourne Perth final. But in five games, don't I just feel oh, I've just got this feeling about Illawarra man like don't count them out I, like I want to see Illawarra there yeah don't get me wrong it'd be great for a small franchise to win this thing I would think that that would be my team that I'm betting on and uh, wanting to win. How much is this first game in RAC just going to be like, you know, what a shame. Three guys have fouled out in the first 15 minutes. <laughs> like, if they're up, they're up like, you know, they're up 15. It's like, oh, what a shame. You're in the bonus with eight minutes to go. Like, it's going to be pretty sus. No, I don't think so. But I, I'm just actually very interested in that Illawarra-Perth game. The Melbourne versus Melbourne series, it's so good. It's, it's just such a shame that that can't be it. 
at uh, in Melbourne, man. Like you know, or with a full packed house, it's a real shame for the league. But that that Southeast Melbourne team, though, although solid and well balanced, I just think they're they're super beatable, and that Melbourne team kind of has the wood on them, and in parts they're gettable and soft. And I feel like in parts this Melbourne team is very just wild and like. And, you know, Goulding just hits 20 and a quarter and takes a game away from you. And I don't think that Southeast Melbourne have that. You know, Mitch Creek is... How many times did Mitch Creek have those games against us? And we're just like, yeah, that's great, Mitch. 29, did you? Ah, you lost by 10. Thanks, mate. Well, have a good night, you know. Yeah. Again, I think if Brokoff goes off, if Kiva Sykes goes off... I mean, Yanni Vetzel's not really a great centre, though. Mm. And Moore's been decent for them off the bench. Yeah. Mm. On paper, they got a better team than how they actually perform. Mm. Mm. Oh, it's it's yeah, it's gonna be interesting, man. Like, I I, I don't want to watch it. Like, I want to be sitting here just going, nah, not gonna watch it. You know, I don't care who wins. I don't care. Sydney's out. But at the same time, the way the Sydney se- season ended was like, eh, you know, whatever. Like, it is what it is. I'm not that upset. Whatever, I can actually watch your finals and just be like, you know what, fair enough. Like, I'll watch the finals where, you know what I'm like, where as soon as my team loses, I don't care, I'm out, get rid of everything, don't even, t- don't even talk to me, you know. Um, but, yeah, still, man, this Perth, Perth Hawks. That's tomorrow, that first game is tomorrow too, so. Awesome. Mm, very interesting. Anything else we can fill, fill a little time in with? I don't believe so. I think that is it. We've got a big Saturday night to prepare for. Mm. It's going to be a long one. Yeah. We'll uh, do, yeah, what are we going to do? We're going to do season review. We're going to have, um, uh, we're going to do gradings, all players, because we didn't do a half season grading. No. And uh, like you had the little one being born and stuff like that. I think it would have been interesting to see a half season grading up against our end of season grading because there was some real, like, real emotional connection to these players halfway through the season like look at what we're doing like how good is this team like it's it's a real connected to it and then sort of down the stretch of the season it played out into a like yeah this is probably about the level of what this team is so more like a reality value style i think it would have been interesting to see a half season emotional like a plus he's been a plus and then by the end of the season being like yeah that was probably a bit much probably a bit of a c or fam on the season type scenario um, I'll have to dig up last year's ones as well and um, see with some of our players last year. And, you know, I, I dug up the the plus minus, so I'm going to bring that out. It's very, very interesting. Last year's plus minus up against this year's plus minus. Very, very eye-opening. We've got stats. We've got uh, the, the announcement of the winner of the tipping comp. That's coming on Saturday as well. Uh, and also we've got the announcement of the 3-2-1. Oh, the fan MVP. Yeah, I kind of died halfway through the season. I got a bit busy and I didn't have time to... I think I missed about three straight and I was like, ah, it's over. But it was, it was good to see everyone interacting with that. We'll definitely get that working a little bit better next season. I think also the games kind of messed that up. Like, yeah. oh, look, a game's here. Oh, whoops, a game's over there now. Like, you know, and... <laughs> Stuff like that was happening. So hopefully with a full um, full fixture list and it all meted out, I'll be able to do that a little bit better. So I definitely we'll be doing that next season. Um, yeah, I think that's going to be it for tonight's episode. This, this season has closed, um, but that's not the end of the content. The content's still coming. So definitely stay tuned Saturday night. Uh, we're going to do that review show. And then over, I think, the next couple of weeks, we might put together some, you know, what do we want from this team? Because there's definitely some questions to be answered, coach-wise, team-wise, roster-wise. 
Um, I've got a list of all the uh, deals and stuff. So I've got a fair few people coming off contract, um, a fair bit of roster flexibility. It's very hard to do with like not knowing the cap. Mm. Like, cause you could easily just go, this, these three guys are coming off contract, bring them in. And you're like, you know, salary, salaries don't work. Like, because we don't have um, privy to that information. So um, it will still be good fun to go through who we kind of want to see in this team and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, as always, you can subscribe to us on Facebook, like us on Facebook, and you can subscribe to us on YouTube. We put these up on YouTube afterwards as well. We also do content on YouTube uh, in audio form. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify goes out on the anchor platform so definitely subscribe and give us a rating and review of five stars uh, to help us get us out to more kings fans and as always we will see you guys next time on the king's dive